Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. Well, just like a house is built on a strong foundation, a good sex life is built on trust. But if you're going to have trust in your marriage, that requires safety and vulnerability. I'm John Fuller, along with the couple who runs our marriage team here at Focus, uh, Greg and Aaron Smalley. And Aaron, you do a lot of marriage counseling. How often do you find that a sexual struggle in the marriage is um, related somehow to something painful in the past? Very frequently, John, there is something behind what is going on. And one of those things can be trauma from the past, or maybe this was a topic that was never talked about in the family of origin, that it was a very awkward, you know, off the table topic. But there can also be guilt and shame from previous sexual experiences. So it's a very um, vulnerable, tender topic. And so in order to feel safe to bring that up, there has to be emotional safety within the relationship to know that if I take the risk and bring this up, are you going to be there with me? And are you going to be there with me if I pursue healing from my past pain? Or maybe there's even been pain in our own sexual relationship. Mm. And are you willing to be there with me to work through that? So there's a lot of vulnerability and tenderness involved. Well, uh, one of the things that we want to do today is offer some hope to you in terms of how you have that conversation. And uh, here now is Jim Daly, along with marriage experts Mylan and Kay Yurkovich, talking about how sex can be connected to something that the Yurkoviches uh, call the love styles. We want to get into the core, which is uh, the love styles, that concept. Right. So let's get the listener involved that way and describe the love styles that you mm-hmm. talk about. Um, provide that quick overview and describe each of the love styles. Well, we're going to discuss five, and they all contrast to what we would call the secure connector, which is where we're headed. But we That's have the, the healthiest. That's the healthiest. Right. We have the avoider, the pleaser, the vacillator the controller, and the victim. Okay. And I was the avoider, which is the emotionally distant. Usually avoiders grow up in homes where there's not a lot of emotional connection. There's not uh, memories of comfort. There's just not a depth of vulnerability. Let me ask you, because some of the listeners are saying, okay, this is a lot of psychology. But this is how God has wired us. Uh, there's predictable patterns here. Yes. Because we're created, and and that's what you're describing from a biblical concept. Absolutely. It, these God, are the behaviors that you see in biblical people. That's right. Um, this is the same thing. God created attachment. He created, you know, a baby's brain to develop through relationship. Yeah. And so sometimes those networks are built in the brain in a very positive way. But we're all broken parents. There's no perfect parents. So we we usually end up with some issues around attachment that luckily some great researchers just observed patterns and wrote them down for us. And for Mylan and I, understanding those patterns gave us a real hold on where we needed to grow yeah. and, uh, and develop as people. And, and I didn't want people to check out with the description. So the avoider is that what it describes, somebody who's emotionally detached, they're right. avoiding that and kind of contact, they're fearful of it, perhaps. Yeah, it's just, there's kind of an unspoken rule in the home of the avoider, don't be too needy and figure it out on your own. And this was you. And this was me. So we think of that as sort of being a male profile, but we see female and male avoiders and from a sexual perspective, 
uh, my home wasn't affectionate. There wasn't a high level of vulnerability. And then I get married and all of a sudden the day is, you know, we're married now. So everything's fine. Everything you're supposed to, supposed to be wonderful. But for the avoider woman, there's this, oh my, that's a big leap right. from no level of vulnerability to being intimate with someone. And I think what happened for years is we tried to have a sexual connection and vulnerability. And the goal would be to be naked and not ashamed. But we had no ability to be emotionally naked and not ashamed. Huh. So there was a big mismatch that we didn't understand for the first 15 so, years. So that's avoider. Go through the other three. Okay, the pleaser is the child that is the good kid. Um, they end up usually being the good kid because perhaps there's a critical or an angry parent or perhaps there's a kind of unruly sibling, but they take the role of pleasing the parent. And as adults, pleasers tend to lack the ability to say no. They lack the ability to set boundaries. They are anxious inside, and if you're okay, then they're okay. So they're very attentive, but it's all for the purpose of making you smile so that they can feel good inside yeah. and calm. And Mylon, that was your profile, right? Yeah. Yes, it was um, <laughs> until 32 years ago when I decided to change it to become more secure because I realized that didn't resemble Jesus and it also was not a healthy place to be. So It seems that way. You know, a Christian could rationalize that a pleaser is very biblical. Well, no, it isn't because they're, they're perpetual caretaker, rescuer. They get fused and enmeshed with people. Right. And they struggle to differentiate between you and me. So they don't have a sense of separateness. And so they can't separate from other people. So mm -hmm. they're proximity seekers, and they're only happy if they're with somebody close. And what you're saying is your sense of worth as a pleaser was dependent upon those people around you being happy. Thank you. If that's you right. can make exactly them right. happy, mm -hmm. then you, you felt good about that's yourself. That's an impossible job. Right. Mm -hmm. That's not a, a healthy place to no. be. All right, number three, avoider, pleaser. Vacillator is the person who had inconsistent connections. So as adults, they are very... In and out, back and forth. Everything's good, everything's bad. That inconsistent connection creates a longing for connection that is never quite fulfilled. And their idealistic expectations are there because if they can just make their world ideal, then nobody, they're not going to have to feel any pain. But of course, the world's not ideal. Yeah. So they're often disappointed. Okay, that, that's fair. Someone's attaching to that right now. When they're listening, they're going, that's me. Right. What's another style? The last one would be the more difficult, chaotic home. And in this home, there's no rhyme or reason to connection. In my home, it worked to be the avoider. It worked for him to be the pleaser. In this home, nothing works. There's fright without solutions. There may be abuse, um, physical, emotional. And so this is where a home where trauma happens. And of course, trauma affects our adult relationships. And the more feisty kids grow up to be controllers, where they control their world so they don't have to feel childhood pain. I don't think a lot of controllers know why they need so much control, but it's about staying away from vulnerable emotions. And the, the more easygoing temperament may become the victim, where they're just used to tolerating the intolerable, and that's what they've been raised with. And so, But trauma keeps these two folks stuck in um, unresolved pain. Right. And to give an example of how this can work, to, uh, next time I want to get deeper into your personal story, but uh, where did the two of your styles clash, the avoider and the pleaser? You've touched on that a little bit, but give us more examples, especially in this area of intimacy. 
Well, there were twofold. Number one would be if I had a hyperinflated sexual mind where I was, uh, I actually call it sexually obese. Right. If you think about mm. it too much, it becomes inflated, it comes overweight, it becomes too big. And then that is a burden for a person who, and Kay didn't mention this when she talked about the avoider, but there was also a lack of touch no hugging. in her home. No hugging. There was right. a lack of affection. So sexuality is very touch-oriented. And so that was a difficult challenge for her. Number two, for the pleaser as a proximity seeker, sexuality became a way to help ease anxiety. So it wasn't a purely a sexual desire. It was a way to create closeness to make myself feel better. So it was disingenuous, if you will. Mm -hmm. And that was a part of the stress. And that's just how that played out in our sexual relationship. But in general, you were the chaser and I was the avoider. And you were always wanting to know if I was okay. And as avoiders, always fine. Uh, but if I wasn't in a good mood, you got very anxious. Right. So there's a core pattern that gets created as these histories collide. Well, Greg, this is such good stuff that the Yurkoviches have shared. It's pretty easy to, to see why they are such popular broadcast guests and uh, such great counselors. How do you encourage couples to be more patient with each other with regard to sexual intimacy? Yeah, because it's such a challenge for so many couples, inevitably this is going to create conflict or hurt feelings. And we always tell people you have to start from the place of noticing what's really going on for you. The temptation is to engage in a heated debate, argument, telling Aaron, you know, you need to be doing this, or why aren't you responding to me, or whatever the issue is. In, in when, when I'm hurt, when I'm frustrated, my heart's closed, that, that honestly makes me pretty dangerous. I'm, I'm likely to say something that I'll regret, do something that's not an indication of who I really am and yeah, who God wants me to be. you're right. when, when that's happening. And, and so really, it always has to begin with just, just me paying attention to what's going on for me. So um, if, if I've put myself out there and, and somehow, you know, made a request to Aaron around intimacy, and let's say that, that she doesn't respond or doesn't respond the way that I'm hoping that she would, um, I, I have to begin to be aware of what's really going on for me. So in that moment, is it that I'm feeling rejected? Is that I'm feeling failed? Is that, you know, it's, it's just making me feel more and more alone, what something's going on. And so for me to spend some time going, okay, right now I'm feeling totally rejected. That's something that I can pray about. I can take that to the Lord. He always cares. I can care about the fact that I'm feeling that way. It's not resolving the marriage issue, but what it's doing is it's helping me to get my heart back open. It's helping me to to be at a place that, that I can then go to Aaron and say, Hey, you know, last night or, you know, when this happened, it, it really, it took me to a place where I felt super rejected and, it, you know, I'm not saying you're responsible for making me feel accepted or whatever, but just, it, it's hard because that, that really, that, that, that took me to a pretty tough place. And, and then from there, Aaron and I can, can figure out, you know, kind of what we want to do about that. But usually we try to have these conversations because we've, we're stirred up, we're upset, it's fresh, it's in the front of our mind, and so we, we go after our spouse, and that it rarely works out yeah. to our advantage, and it actually helps us get to where we want to be. Mm-hmm. 
Well, maybe you need some help in this part of your marriage, and if so, we have a team of counselors who are a phone call away. Um, Our number is 800-A-FAMILY, and um, when you call, we can set up a time for a free consultation. Uh, They'll call you back, they'll talk with you, they'll offer some resources perhaps, and they'll help you find a professional in your area for some ongoing counseling if that's what you need. And then uh, if you appreciate the Yurkoviches, as I do, uh, get a copy of a bundle that we've put together called How to Have a Better Sex Life. In it, we'll have a CD of this entire conversation with them and a copy of their book, How We Love. Uh, That's going to be a great tool for you in your marriage to have better conversations, to better understand each other. And we'll send that bundle to you as our way of saying thank you for your generous gift of any amount to the Ministry of Focus on the Family. Donate today and get that bundle. Uh, The details are in the episode notes. Next time, we'll talk about working our way through differences in communication styles. For now, on behalf of Aaron and Greg Smalley and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.